never play with me. Show the brick on Burnett, nigga. Stop playing. Show the brick out the church parking lot. Hallelujah. Half a brick out the church parking lot. Hallelujah. I sold a brick out the church parking lot, hallelujah Mama said I hope you done with all that dancing on the stove shit When they come you better hold it What's going on everybody? Yo Welcome to another episode of Film Room Files. It's your boy Zebby, aka Real Jet Lifer, and I'm with my guy Ish, aka Izzy DMV. Yeah, good to have you back, bro. Hey, good to be back, man. All right, guys, it is Tuesday, September 21st. We're bringing this to you after a sick Monday night game. I'd say uh, if you were if you had some fantasy implications, mm. I had um. I had some, I, you know what, I'll save it for the football segment. I had some crazy things going on last night with my fantasy. Yeah. I don't know if you're paying attention to the um, the different teams in the league. Nah, I really wasn't, to be honest with you, bro. Nah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Sometimes there's it's good storylines, bro, throughout yeah. the year. Um, But yeah, we'll get it started the traditional way. You already know. What you been listening to, bro? Um, You know, man, still bumping that uh, certified lover boy. Mm. Um, Bumped, bumped Donda, too. Um, like really got from front to back on that album. Um, uh, I kind of gave it a shaky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Now that you know, sometimes when time settles on on music, you know, you you can uh, form like a stronger opinion on it. Yeah, that's a fact. You gotta let it marinate. Yeah, you gotta let it marinate and sizzle and all that good stuff. And I could definitely say I I I double down on my uh, certified lover boy takes, and I feel like. This is probably I put, I said this was probably Drake's third best project, and I think people that disagree. I don't think people like Drake has that problem where he's so mainstream. I think people that are like uh, that really don't like pay attention to lyrics and stuff don't realize how crazy some of the bars that he's spitting is. It's kind of like Jay Z. Like people used to think like, oh, I don't see what's so special about Jay Z, but. Like, he says one thing, but it has three different meanings to it. You know, I don't even think so, that's a problem for him. I just feel like, um, I guess it depends on, like, how you take criticism. Because you're always going to have it. So. Yeah, but it's been ridiculous, bro. Some of the takes I've seen for Drake, I'm like, bro, y'all I'm, are. I'm sure at this point, he's he's got to have some thick skin. Or he wouldn't be in the game as long no, as he, without he d- going crazy. He, he you know does. It's just, like, it's just the Kanye fans that, like, hijacked. Like, they pretty much. They're so like, and I don't get this, bro. Being like, like I'm a fan of like an artist, but I will never like be delusional to the point where I trash another artist because I'm trying to defend the artist that I like. That's just weird to me. It's like, bro, just, just be like, just be normal about that shit. Don't be weird because it's like I feel like this album definitely got hijacked by a bunch of like super weird cult like Kanye fans. You know how so? What are they doing? Just in the comments? Just in the comments. They call, like, certified lover boys trash or whatever. Like, you go on TikTok, you see a video that's about Donda or whatever, and it's like, oh, CLB could never. And it's like, bro, like, why why even, like, bring that up? I mean, but I feel like maybe it's maybe it's insecurity or... 
a people lot was just, of, yeah, you know what I always say, bro, <laughs> a lot of the world's problems is because of insecurities. Cause, and then one thing I noticed uh, before you get your point off, I wanted to add this. Um, I, he Drake actually killed Kanye with like some of these bars that he dropped. They're obviously shots at him, but I mean, he destroyed him, bro. Like, like when you listen to that uh, timestamp track, the 7 a.m. on, uh, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Bro, he fucking, dis- that's one of the, like, like, I'm not exaggerating. I think that's one of the best diss songs that I've heard. Like, heavy bars, bro. Yeah, that's kind of like, it's kind of ridiculous. And then the part where he's like, what's the point of even making up if at the end we're just going to get right back into it? Yeah. Like, it just, like, it gave me, it gave, it almost reminded me of Ether in a way where it's like, I'm going to diss you, but at the same time, like, I want to forgive you, but what's the point of forgiving you if we're just going to be right back at it? I feel like um, in terms of diss songs, I wouldn't put it up there. I wouldn't Okay, even, not would, at either would, level. but nah, I wouldn't rank it even. I'll tell you why. Mm. I wouldn't rank it because the, the beat is is nice. Yeah. But it's not like hard. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like not, sometimes it's got to, like especially when you're like dissing somebody. I don't know. I just feel like the, the instrumental that you choose, it, the beat selection is critical. Like back to back? Back to back was good. <laughs> that was a that crazy. One. I would say that's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because cool. it because it drops, yeah, and it has like that like suspenseful build up to it. Yeah, but I like the bars on this one. I think this is the bars are heavier though. Yeah, the bars on this are heavier. One, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, I really like the project. I'm still I'm still listening to a lot of the songs. Um, some of the songs that I just kind of went through once or twice and didn't fuck with it at first. Yeah, really grew on me a lot. Like the Jay Z um. The Jay Z piece. Oh, bro, that joint grew on me. Yeah, bro, I didn't it's like it. So good. Like at first, I was like, ah, no, nah, I'm not gonna say I didn't like it, but I d- it wasn't up there in like the top five songs for that album. Yeah. And now I'm gonna say it's probably top three on the whole album. You know what? I feel like you really fuck with that song because that song is almost like a reflection of like you in a way, right? How so? So I feel like the people that really like what I've noticed the trend, like people that are really resonating with the Drake album, it's like. It's like there's certain stuff that he says, like there's certain people like when it comes to family or friends or whatever, they're kind of like they're kind of like the person that had like they're the rock of the family. You know what I'm saying? Or they're the rock of their friendship group. So whenever shit goes down, you're kind of like the person that holds it down. You know what I mean? That's a fact. And I feel like in that song where he's like uh, he's like, I woke up and it's all on me. Like, you know, what I'm saying you've been in a situation where it's like. It was all on me. You know what I'm saying? I've been in that situation too. So a lot of that stuff that he's rapping about, like people that have been through shit or have been in a position where they're like the person that's got to hold it down for their family or friends. Yeah. It resonates so much more deeper. And uh, this is the song we're talking about. If you guys haven't. Yeah. I agree with you a lot, by the way, bro. I feel like that's good music in general. Like when, when it really resonates with you, it's when you can relate. Yeah. But but this specific song reminds me of like all the men that I know in my life that actually are real men that hold it down. You know what I'm saying? I love that. And it's crazy because as famous as Drake is and as much money as he's made, he still manages to be relatable in a way. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think that's why this album, I see it resonating more with older people. Versus people that are more younger Yeah, because there's not a lot of party songs, I'd say Yeah, there's not And the delivery, bro Yeah, it's so slept on Just touched down, I was lights out in Vegas This is great Girls checking in, cause my lifestyle dangerous Hard to tell people that I'm all out of favors 
Call me for songs or they call me for paper. See? Turning off my phone for the night now, baby. Pouring out my soul. But then Jay Z also, bro. Yeah. Some of my niggas don't love me. We should sit down before shit turns ugly. Man, fuck what anybody said. This is an amazing project, bro. Yeah, that's a fact. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we were able to get this out because I didn't really go over this with. Um, I, I did another podcast. I mean, you listened to it, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I wish so we, he was here. Yeah, that, that would have been nice. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy the podcast with Amir. I can't lie. Yeah, I think he adds a lot to, uh, especially our music segments. Yeah, for sure. Um, but because he did, he doesn't like Drake. He didn't go over the, you know, what I'm saying the project at all. So and I, I think like, he has a very unique taste too. Yeah, and I asked him, I was like, "Did you listen to, or did you give Drake another try?" He was like, "Nah, that's it. I'm out, I'm out of the Drake business type <laughs> shit." <You laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that. So, yeah, bro, I'm not gonna lie. I agree with you. The more you listen to this album, the more you can really appreciate it and be like, "Wow, there is some fire ass songs on here." Yeah, and they're not all. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like he does have to hit certain demographics you know what i'm saying within yeah. his album it's not like he's catering to the same one crowd every time yeah with every song you know what i mean Does that yeah that's sense? true like you know like some people just be like in one pocket like a stoner rapper like just making weed songs the whole time you know what I'm yeah saying? and then when they venture out of it it's very limited with what they can do yeah in that space you know what i mean so um but it's crazy you say that because the main criticism of of this album that i've seen is uh is it's the same old Drake? Is is, is it, this is just another Drake project? But at the same time, it's like I don't know. Like he's managed all these songs, kind of have like a different tone. Vibe. He's using like a different delivery in all of them. His melody, like the way he sings, is different on all of them. Like so, it's like I'm kind of not getting that criticism because it's like, what exactly do you mean by that? Because it's like. What what is it? Because it's definitely like his melody changes on every single song. It's I feel not- like I feel like um, going back to like what you said with the um, Kanye fans kind of criticizing this album a lot. Yeah, I feel like because Drake is hated on so much, mm-hmm. people will just go in expecting not to like it. Yeah, so that's gonna sour that. You know what I'm saying? Like they already know what they want to say before the album comes out. That's true. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they're just gonna double down on their arguments so that they can be right. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. And if like that, like if someone said that this album is again same old Drake or the same old stuff, then I will feel like they don't listen to enough to enough music to even have a valid opinion to me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like when somebody says something like that, then I already know that there's certain things that they're not able to listen for or listen to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Check for. I mean, uh, so I don't know. I, I think that this was a good project altogether. It's probably top two for me in terms of his albums. Top two, wow, that's yeah, impressive. W- yeah, and I feel like depends. You can, you know, you can kind of go either way. But this, what's, might, this what's your be- number one, bro? You know what? Low key, I mean, of course, that first mixtape was like very legendary in terms of like the timing and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm gonna pull up all his different albums. So I make sure I'm not leaving nothing. Yeah, while while you so far gone okay. is definitely like that one that like holds it there. Yeah, um, but I really. I really liked uh, More Life. Wow, that's your number one? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's the first time I heard someone put More Life number one. Yeah. And and that's usually it catches people off guard. Um, but I think More Life was probably the best for me. Mine was uh, Nothing Was The Same. And I think Drake said that's his favorite as well. Um, I think that's some general consensus. Most people feel like that's his best project, like consensus-wise. 
uh, take care is probably a solid number two, and then I think this this comes. You know, it's so crazy. Three. Those are those are like probably my like bottom. Really? Yeah. Man, nothing was ranked. the same. Such a vibe, bro. It's such a vibe, man. That was. Such I think a, I think a lot of it also has to do with timing for me. Yeah, that's true as like, well. That's why it's it, it. You know, for everyone, like the albums are different. It's like, what are you going through in that time for you to be able to listen to that music and take it in? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. That was just 2013. I think that's when those came out, 2013. Let me pull it up. Yeah. 2013, 2011. Yeah. I was listening to heavy French Montana. I'm gonna tell you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> right? a different stuff, bro. That was a different era. He was a different man that time, But bro. I, I still listen to a lot of Drake, but I wouldn't put it up there. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, The So Far Gone was probably like my, that hit the hardest because that was like high school. Yeah. So, um, that was like really fire, MySpace era. Yeah. And then the rest, I feel like if you're, read, you know, if you're reading this, low-key was probably one of the highest ranked for me as well. A lot of people put that pretty high on his list too. Oh, man, my flash got on. All right. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Though. Um, I pointed. Thank up, you. Yeah, bro. Um, yeah, I like if you're reading this, but I think that album is a little overrated. Um for Drake projects, I think there is a lot more filler than people like don't really uh, bring up. Like there is a lot of filler on that album. I, I could see, I could see why you'd say that. Yeah. Um. But the but, entire project itself is a body of art, right? But yeah, I so think even in the fillers, there could be certain things. Like we were talking about this with the Donda chant. You know what I'm saying? There yeah. could be certain things that have meaning within that that we're just not going to in read the context that. of the album, right? Yeah. But I think, uh, I think, um shit what was the point i was gonna make i think with that album yeah yeah so i think with that album what it ushered in was that that era of drake kind of like getting on those trap beats and bringing that aggressive side out in him because i i don't think before wasn't that the one that he just dropped to get out of the deal or something like that uh yeah well technically certified lover boy is um scorpion was his last album on young money so yeah scorpion was the last album on young money and then after that, he was out of the deal. So right now, he I think he has like it's pretty much him only. He's pretty much independent, but he still has a joint ventureship, uh, joint venture uh, deal with uh, what is it, Warner? I think yeah, I think it's Warner. Um, actually, it says at the bottom of the album, we'll yeah, tell on you CLB it says uh, Republic or Republic Records, a division of UMG. So I mean, this is his first album that he actually owns the masters to. So that's that's a. That's fire, and he brought it up at the at the um at the end. So this is the first album that he owns his masters to, and this is the first album that's um outside of the deal he originally signed back in '08. And then he has the little EPs too. We can't sleep on the EPs. Scary Hours too. Yeah, there's this little three piece project. Yeah, and um, I think the only thing I would Best change in the world pack. I think the only thing I would change. I personally didn't like the Girls Want Girls track. I didn't like I like that. I didn't like in the Bible, uh, but I love that song. Yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> I didn't like those two, and then I didn't like uh, I didn't like get along better, uh, with Ty Dollar Sign. I think the only thing I would change, I would take those three tracks out, and then I would add Time Flies from the Dark uh Dark Lane demo tapes. I would add that to CLB, and that's it. I would leave the album as it is. Nah, I, you, two out of those three songs gotta stay. The first two gotta <laughs> stay. I just, I just can't listen to either of those two. But um, 
I love the another thing I don't think I brought I had up. To take my spot. It wasn't something they just gave away. Yeah, that was probably one of the hardest lines in the whole. I don't know. Just again goes back to like what you could relate to. I yeah, guess. I don't know. I like um I like the Houston influence a lot on this album, and I think a lot of people slept on it. like the OG Ron C reference on a uh, on a uh, what was it TSU um with his voice playing in, in the beginning. In, yeah, in the beginning. Um, even uh um what you call it, In Too Deep. That's a Pimp C song that they sampled. Um, so I, I love the Houston influence. I think that's when Drake is in, in his bag, when he gets in that Houston down South, whether it's like the NOLA sound or it's the, the Memphis sound or it's the Houston sound. That's his, like, that's his bag. That's him in his bag. So I really enjoy that. So my bad, before we get, get too deep into dissecting the Drake album, cause I think we did a good amount of time on that. Yeah. 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 I, that was just the last point I wanted to make on that. No, no problem, bro. I, I think um it's good that we did this because we did kind of touch on the Donda versus Drake when it first dropped. Yeah. But now we've had like a good two weeks, three weeks to let it marinate. Yeah. To kind of sleep on it and see how we still feel. Do you um, watch uh, album reaction videos? Not often. You should watch Sometimes them. like songs. Yeah. I, li- I like watching them, man. Especially from different, you see different, like, and they got different people, like, you kind of get, like, different personalities, and I just like watching them, bro, react to songs. It's almost like you're listening to it over again for the first time. I see what you're saying. I fuck with it. Um, But anything else you've been you've been listening to? Um, Outside of Donda, I don't think I've listened to Donda enough to, like, give a full-on credit, because it's a lot of songs, yeah. man. It's just so much I'm not much gonna lie, to get through. from Donda. Like, yeah. I, I gave a few, like... That's how I am. If I'm gonna listen to like four or five songs and not fuck with the album, I'm yeah. not gonna continue. Yeah, but I, I, I mean the, the, the analysis that I have or the review that I would have, I feel like all the best parts of this album is all the parts that doesn't feature Kanye. Yeah, um, that's you know I kind of thought about that too. Like when the, the features are better. Yeah, I think um I think off the grid is probably like Kanye's best performance on the album. But for the most part, like, a lot of this is just, um, like, it's really, really stripped down. Like, it's just, like, an 808 in the melody. And it's, like, I just can't do that. Like, you just got to add more. It just sounds like unfinished tracks to me. It just sounds like demos, pretty much. And, and um, you, threw me I, off. I remember you kind of said that about uh, Pyrex Picasso, the Benny the Butcher. Yeah, that one sounded more, uh, it sounded more rough. Like, it was unfinished songs. Like, you, you have, like, yeah. a, a hook and a verse, and then that's it. yeah. Yeah. So or I, either that, or the instrumental is really, really stripped down. And I get if you're trying to do a more minimal thing, like how like Mark Rock Marciano, he doesn't really add drums to his songs. You know what I'm saying? Like that but, shit works. It works. Yeah. But the shit that he's doing now with just the 808 in the melody, it doesn't work out. Like it doesn't. You don't catch like a vibe to that. You know. So, um, Mazi dropped Untreated Trauma, which is pretty good. I saw you brought that up. Yeah, that was good. I didn't um, listen to it. Green with Envy, Tion Wayne. That's, you know, that's perfect for me because I like that UK sound as well. Mm. Um, of course, CLB still, Trap and Jazz, Fendi P. That's fire. Yeah. That, the more I listen to that, the more I like it. Yeah. Um. And then Hitler Wears Hermes 8. Yeah, that's Syria. a fire, fire I'm still, fucking Yeah, I'm still listening uh, to that, too. The West Side Gun. He's a, what a consistent ass group, man. Griselda is just, bro. And I like that new rapper that they, uh, been rapping with. Uh, he, um, he was on a lot of songs on that album. Uh, let me pull up his name real quick. 
I apologize for the delay, but I'm, I'm on it right now. Um, he was on that Draymond, right? Yeah, he was on that drink. Damn, they don't even show the full feature name. That's fucked up. No, it, you got to kind of like let it let it rock. Oh, yeah, yeah, bit. okay. Okay, we got Stove God Cooks and uh, it got, Rome Streets. Yeah. That was the guy, yeah. He, he has he like dropped, a real old school 90s type of, you know who he kind of reminds me of low key? Um, damn, I'm trying to think about his name. I can't, I can't remember his name right now. Yeah. I thought he was more like that 2009 underground, yeah, like hip hop. That's what it he used reminded to rap me with of. Joey Badass, Capital Steez. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of had that type yeah, of vibe. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Cap- Capital Steez, that exact time frame right there. That yeah. 2009 to 2011, like underground rap. New York, yeah, yeah. Like That's it, but it worked. He wor- it worked. Like it wor- he has the voice, the yeah. delivery, everything. Because sometimes those rappers kind of sound really generic, but he didn't sound generic. He had like his own personalities to that shit. So I really fuck with that. I really fuck with this uh uh Hitler Wars uh Hermes uh album. Um yeah man. And shout out to Boldy James once again, man. I think maybe uh his project with Bo Alchemist. Jackson? Yeah, I might even say that's probably album of the year so far to me. Wow. That project is just That's nice, good. but I can't lie the um the West Side Gun. But Bo- you know what's crazy is Boldy James is on a lot of those tracks as well. Yeah. So I don't know. It it just both of those are um, really good. It's just some I love Alchemist production, bro. Yeah, and same. the world he brings you into yeah, every time absolutely. you listen to a project. It's like, it's like a, um, you know, like some roller coasters. Yeah, like every theme park I feel like has that one like sc- like you go through some scary shit. Yeah, the- like the roller coaster itself might not have the most speed and the loops and then this and that. Yeah, but it's the scenery around it, right? And it's, with you. Yeah, and it's like taking you through this tunnel, and it's just getting like. I don't know, more scarier as you go along, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you kind of like it at the same time. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like the thrill. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of part of it. Yo, that shit was, it was hard. It was hard. Like, Bo Jackson's hard. Um, anything Alchemist does is is hard. I can't wait till he uh, does another project with Action Bronson. I'm pretty sure that's going to be in the works soon. Yeah. Um, and Action looks really good. You know, he dropped a lot of weight too. He's been on his fitness tip. Yeah, so well, Action Bronson's style has gotten like so different that like all of his latest albums, it's like a two or three time listen and it's over for me. Mm. So I, I just feel like it's not the same as like when I first first started fucking with Action, like yeah, 09, oh, you know, oh nine to two thousand twelve, thirteen times. He's just got to get in the studio with the Alchemist. That's it. Let's see. That's it. That's all you need, man. Let's see. That's the cheat code. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been. Kind of going through, yeah. And then, how did did you finish the show? You were on a show. I, th- I remember you were watching. Oh, uh, Peaky Blind. Yeah, I finished Peaky Blinders. How was that? Uh, it was really good. So I guess you can bring up any spoilers or anything you wanted to ask me. No, no, no. I just wanted oh, to know okay. what did you think about it. Like, what, what's your? I think uh, first of all, I think the the dude that plays the main actor, uh, Thomas Shelby. I think he's a phenomenal. Fo- Actually, most of the actors are phenomenal, but yeah. Thomas and uh, it's one of those Arthur. shows where you feel like they're they're not even acting. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Sopranos felt like that a lot. But one thing I will say, it doesn't have like that realistic feel. Like I could, like the first couple of seasons kind of felt like, like it had a formula to it. Like I could kind of catch where the plot was going and how it was going to end. I feel like it had to do a lot with more um, political stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, as opposed to just some street stuff that like we were more kind of like brought in by like that you know gambling and you know what i'm saying like being in the street and then like fucking up the other gang type shit versus like 
politicians and like high ranking officers and shit like yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? So, but I kind of like that. That the, the the show you kind of watch him rise in the ranks. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, so I, I I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I I mean I like that aspect, and then I like the character development of someone like Arthur as well throughout that show because he definitely he changes went on some from, roller coasters during that show. Yeah, so he definitely changes all throughout that show, but it fits with his character and who he is. I don't know if you saw on my Instagram, I was posting um this like live museum I went to. It was yeah. called Black Country Live Museum uh-huh. or the Living Museum. I mean, yeah. So you go in and there's like people walking around dressed up type shit, like you know what I'm saying for that time. Oh, I think you snapped it to me. So in that, like w- when you go there, there's like little blue signs yeah. of like what scenes from Peaky Blinders was done there. Yeah. So there's a few spots there. So for instance, like we went into the school and that's where um, the one priest got got murked at. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Or like we were by like these like canals and it was like the meetup spot for his sister and that communist dude like season one. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Going through and kind of seeing all this stuff there. That's dope. That's like dope a real spot. That. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really nice. Um, it was just it was a cool experience. That's what's up, bro. Um, I don't know if you listened to the last pod. We were talking about a show called Worth. Worth. Yeah, it's a it's about nine eleven and like this guy that has to pretty much pay out to the like the victims, pretty much people who lost lives or lost limbs and from listening like to the from, blueprint. What you mean? <laughs> Sorry, that's because the blueprint dropped on nine eleven. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah it's just a little <laughs> joke. Like, what you talking about, bro? The blueprint? <laughs> Yo, um, My bad, man. It's you know what's crazy? Little... I didn't even realize the blueprint dropped on nine eleven. Right, dropped on nine eleven. Hope still did three hundred fifty thousand first week in sales. Country burning that <laughs> people still that's went to the crazy. record store. There was like I got listen it was to this diff- shit. It was different. Yeah, Damn, that's, that's why crazy. to me. That's why like. Bro, 9-11 should low-key be considered Jay-Z nah, day, bro. Chill, bro. Watch, watch that show, bro. All right. It's it's, a, it's done really well. Yeah. Bro, I'm telling you, you'll, you'll um, I don't know, bro. Like, it's it kind of has those dark moments. Yeah. But it does, like, it puts a lot of things in perspective, bro. It's a good show. It makes you think a lot. Can I be honest, though? What's up? I can't watch no 9-11 shit, man. For real? Yeah, bro. How come? It's just the Afghan in me. I can't do it. Alright, I see what you're But it's, it's not necessarily about the like nine eleven, like the towers and the conspiracies and this and that. Yeah. It's about the aftermath. And it's like how much is a human life worth, right? So what I um it's like they'll they'll have people that are like janitors. Yeah. Right? And then you'll have a CEO of a of a company there as well. Like, okay, how much do we compensate this person's family versus this person's family? Mm. So they have to generate this like formula. Right. And then they plug all the information into the formula to get that answer. And then there's like different curveballs that come at them. Right. Like this dude whole time had like a side piece and he had kids with her. Yeah. So now somebody got to tell the wife like, yo, your man, like, boom, boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So there's all types of shit, bro. It's it's a really good show. I don't know. Like if it's very dramatic and it's kind of depressing, I can't lie. But again, it's just, it's just, you know, back to... It's a piece of art, you know what I mean? You yeah. just got to kind of appreciate it for what it is. So I don't know. I I thought it was done really well. I think it's too early for me to rewatch The Sopranos again. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, have you you've watched The Wire, right? I think we've been over this. Um uh yeah, but I stopped in season 2 cuz okay. I thought season 2 was kind of whack. All right. Yeah, I've I've had some shows like that. But I I think a lot of people who like really fuck with The Wire, they told me that uh 
You just kind of got to get through season two because uh, it gets better from there. I feel like it, it was the worst towards the end. Oh, really? Yeah. I think um, one thing that was really, uh, I read this uh, analysis about The Wire, or it was a YouTube video, and uh, it made me like kind of want to rewatch it so I have this perspective in mind. And the perspective they were presenting was how The Wire, pretty much through each season, it uh, it provides like the story through, like first it starts with like the policeman, and then it starts with like the uh with the um uh what was it like the uh the pro- politicians then it goes to like the journalist and pretty much the the person in the video their whole purpose was that they were trying to break down the wire that to the point where like the wire the whole purpose of the show is to make it feel as real as possible like you're not like you're pretty much like the the level of detail that the writers went into they went they went as far as like literally hiring um uh people that wrote for uh for um uh the newspaper like the legit uh for for uh what was the, the newspaper and for Baltimore. Baltimore yeah like they they legit hired them as writers to have them on set and have them write stories and plot lines so that way it was as accurate as it could be to real life um even the cinematography is set up in a way where it's supposed to mirror, like, it's not supposed to be glamorized. It's, like, supposed to really be, like, as if you were outside and this shit happened, it would look exactly like this. So there is no, like, they try to make it as realistic as possible. So after watching that video, now I'm going to have, like, a different perspective when I do go rewatch that show. Yeah, I'm kind of going through my rewatch right now. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm seeing different things in the first time I, I watched the whole show. Mm. So... I don't know. I'm I'm actually starting to like it a little bit more. Yeah. Um but then there's also you also see certain flaws and things like that. Like it's I kind of remember again why I said it's not the best show out there. Put it up there with the best. Yeah. Um but anything else you want to add before we we get it rolling into the, the NFL stuff? Nah, let's go ahead and do it, man. All right, no problem. We'll uh keep it pushing. Okay, so I guess how we can do it um do we have any news or you just want to get into like scores and stuff like that um we could just break down the games all right so i'll just call out the scores and then you let me know if you have anything for it. Is that cool yeah i'll let you know which games i saw and i'll, I'll just break it down right, whatever perfect. games i saw um so the i did kind of do a brief analysis on the giants and the washington football team mm-hmm. the thursday night game um that was that was an exciting game um again washington football team won that 30 to 29 on that crazy field goal situation i watched a little bit of it and then I caught up on the highlights. Did you see that offsides in the field goal? Yes, I a did. Lot, yeah, there's, there's at the very end. Of, yep. There's been a lot of stuff going around going uh, around online about that. I feel like he was offsides. I mean, that's my team. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would, I'm just trying to be as non-biased as possible. But yeah. I think he was offsides. Um, I mean, it is what it is. But that was such an NFC East way to end the game. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, man. That was, that was the most NFC East game I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, so we had the Jets and the Patriots. Wow. Yo, man, I, that was uh, crazy. Good. Did you watch that? Um, yeah, man, it was, a. Uh, it was, expe- I mean, I was surprised by how, how, uh, how weak Zach Wilson looked, but it made sense because his Belichick against a rookie quarterback, it's like that, like you had to have known that this was how it was going to go down. Um, mm. Goodness gracious. My man, what did he throw, three or four picks? Three, I think it was three interceptions. One and went through I a think, receiver's hands, uh, but the other two, I'm pretty sure, they were just bad plays. Um, 
one thing I wanted to say was with Mac Jones, he's definitely performing like the best quarterback out of everybody in the draft class. But one thing that I am noticing uh, while while I was watching that game is uh, I don't think he had one throw that went over 10 yards. So he's very efficient with like throwing it within, you know, those first 10 yards and then anything beyond that. It's like he really doesn't like to take those shots. Um, I don't know if that's going to change as the weeks go on, but I feel like that can be really problematic and really limit you as an offense. Um, Because even if you're a game manager type quarterback, you still got to take at least like a 15-yard, 20-yard pass that you can hit like a play like that. You know what's so crazy? Mm. I'm I'm trying to look for Zach Wilson's stats, and they don't even have it on here. Oh, on there? NFL.com, yeah. You can click Patriots. You can click the Patriots tab and see Mac Jones for passing, and then boom, it gets into rushing and stuff like that. Yeah. But here it just starts out rushing. That's weird. And, um... You know, uh, Mac Jones actually threw seventy one percent, so he's kind of picking off where he left off in in Alabama as being a super accurate quarterback. Um, Anything else? Should we keep it moving? Yeah, we can keep it moving. Right. Oh, uh, Damian Harris had nine missed tackles during wow. that game, and he had four point two yards after contact. Bro, you know what's crazy? He, I sat, he balled the fuck out. I sat. Um, what's it called? What's his name? The defense, my bad. The defense. I, I sat Green Bay's defense and started yeah. the Patriots defense. Oh no, that was a good move because I wanted to pick up the Patriots defense, but they were already took. Yeah, so that was a good move. Um, so we have Broncos and the Jags. Broncos won twenty three to thirteen. Did you want to touch on anything there? Uh, to be honest, I didn't see that game uh enough to really kind of give a breakdown on it. But I gotta. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the. Uh, People are giving Teddy Bridgewater his credit, you know. I think, yeah, you got, I mean, I really like Teddy Bridgewater, and I've been rooting for him from the jump um, since he was on the Vikings. And uh, He got drafted by the Vikings, right? Yeah, and then uh, just so people know, um, he didn't have a single turnover-worthy play. Um, When he was under pressure, he was 9 for 10 uh, for 97 yards and a touchdown. He had a passer rating of 140.4 when he was under pressure. Uh, and then when his pocket was kept clean, he was 17 for 24, 231 yards, a touchdown, and then a passer rating of 115. Um, what about the Bills and the Dolphins, man? The 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 Bills blew the Dolphins out 35 nothing. Tua, I think he got a rib. Yeah, injury. he got a rib injury. I think. Um, I really, I actually, I I wouldn't say I expected that game to be a big blowout, but I did expect the uh, Bills to have like a very um a very sizable, like, a very dominant win. Dolphins um, had to play a familiar face for you, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett, man, 24, poor guy. Yeah, 24, uh, and 24 for 40. Yeah. 169 yards, no touchdowns and interception. Yeah, that, um, like, there's there's a couple of things that really concern me, right? Because uh, Tua has kind of been getting, he's kind of uh, carrying off where he, he's carrying up where he left off in Alabama. Picking up where he left off. Picking up, yeah. <laughs> my bad, bro. No, hey, no man, problem. it's been a long bo- day. You're about to watch that one twice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's been a long day, bro. Nah, I'm hip, I'm These hip. classes kicking my ass. But listen, man. Right. Um, Tua. Tua, uh, he, he's been really injury prone. Um, now, of course, the poor guy, he is playing against, he is playing with a really bad offensive oh, line. Oh, my bad. I think you, were, you, you, you went into Josh Allen. Sorry. What's up? 
No, I, I think I cut you off. Um, when I cut you off, you were telling me about Josh Allen. Josh oh, Allen. Oh, the dog. Oh, uh, the uh, no, no, I was talking about Tua. Oh, my bad. My yeah, bad. yeah, because you mentioned that he got, he got the rib injury. Yeah, before, like it's just like he's too injury prone. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, and yeah, now yeah, we're starting sure, to sure. see what like he he had to miss a couple games last season. This season, now he's got the rib injury, and it's kind of like, are you worried about this dude being made out of glass? You know what I'm saying? So. I don't know, man. It's just it's it's disappointing. And then also the Miami Dolphins, they've been missing on a lot of their first round picks that they've acquired through the Texans and other draft uh drafts that or trades that they had. So Yeah. So um then we got the 49ers and the Eagles. The Niners won that seventeen to eleven. Um moving them to two and oh. Um, yeah, that also, was a that was a battle of the trenches right there. Also, the Broncos and the Bills. No, I'm sorry, the Broncos and um, that's it. Yeah, just the Broncos so far have been two and zero. Uh, them and the Forty ers and I'll tell you who else is undefeated as we go along. Yeah, I mean the the Forty ers really struggled to run that uh, run the ball, and you know that's that's kind of their bread and butter. Um, that's kind of their identity as an offense, and the Eagles uh, front seven did a really good job of. Of really holding them, uh, I don't think any any of the running backs have more than. I think they were all under four yards per carry. I think they were three yards per carry, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, uh, it was really Debo Samuel that kind of uh, kind of was like the uh, the needle mover. Uh, he pretty much produced three receptions of 15 plus yards, uh, creating some explosive plays for them. Um, I feel like um, he's been kind of a letdown. I've Ooh. also scooped him on fantasy before, Debo Samuel. Oh, he's been balling out. He's right. He's the number three ranked uh wide receiver in fantasy, or like the number four ranked. That's crazy. Yeah, he's been balling out, man. Um, so, so um, anything else you seen there? Should we keep it pushing? Uh, so Rams and Colts. Uh, I know you want to talk about that, right? Nah. Rams and Colts. Yeah. Yeah, we could we could get into that a little bit. Um, Did you watch that game or no? I watched the highlights. Okay. Well, I, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I watched that um, mostly Red Zone. I was watching Red Zone. Oh, got you, got you. Okay. Um, I guess with that game being a Colts fan that I am, um, you know, the first, the past two weeks I've been really disappointed on our, on our uh, offensive line. That was something that's supposed to be our strongest point. We really came out weak, and we've really let Carson Wentz down. Carson, for the most part, he's looked amazing uh, for our team. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to point to that uh, uh, that interception he had, the little sh- uh, the the shuffle play where yeah, he got intercepted, yeah, the little shovel pass, the shovel. Yeah, he should have just went down. Yeah, you know, but him the, and um, Patrick Mahomes got got caught up with that little little scoop on the way down. Yeah, but I think um, a lot of that was more so a bad play call because um, in the post game uh, conference, the Rams were talking about how they knew that play was coming. And uh, there was a actually there was a check route that Na- Naeem Hines ra- ran, and he was pretty much wide open. If he if he hit that, he would have been. But the play wasn't de- designed for him. Check down, he was yeah. the yeah he was well, designed to, to be the, the decoy. He was designed to be the decoy. The whole point, like the point A receiver was supposed to be the tight end Jack Doyle at that point. So um, so I wouldn't really put it on Carson, but uh, yeah, but I mean he was he was balling out. I mean, I was ama- I didn't know he could play like this. To be honest with you, the Rams um, are thirty-seven to zero when leading at halftime. Since yeah, I saw that statistic. Only that team with zero such losses in that span. That's crazy. Yeah, that's one thing. Is um, I will say that 
I I really do not to say Frank Reich is a horrible coach, but there definitely is um a big difference between somebody like Sean McVay and Frank Reich as a head coach. Just because Sean McVay, he's very methodical. He's super well thought uh thoughtful of, of how he constructs his game plans. I mean he, he we couldn't stop Cooper Cup for nothing, bro. He he fucking had bro, anything. I didn't I didn't draft him this year in fantasy because he let me down last year. That was one of the players I wanted to draft. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I, th- I thought that he was gonna continue on that downtrend. So I just kinda moved on from him. Yeah. Uh but it's all good. Um we gave we gave Matthew Stafford a clean pocket all day, which is unacceptable unacceptable for a pocket quarterback. Like we should be putting pressure to I think he only had three total pressures that whole entire game and that was embarrassing. Stafford looks good this first two games. They're also two and no by the way, the Rams. Yeah. One thing Aaron Donald was doing, he was actually moving all around the uh defensive line. So he would line up in the D tackle, he would line up in the C gap, the B gap, the A gap. He was moving all around. Uh I don't think I've really seen him do that as often as he did in this game. Um he had he didn't really have much success against Quentin Nelson. I know a lot of like the the nerds like me really fucked with the with the matchup between him and Quentin Nelson. So Quentin Nelson did a really good job holding his own against Aaron Donald. Didn't let allow any pressures or sacks, but he had his way with our uh, our uh, backup right tackle that played that game. How about uh Derek Carr man? Him and uh, him and the Raiders went two and zero, beating the Steelers twenty six to seventeen. I yeah. believe the Steelers were like a six or a six and a half point favorite in that game. Yeah, and I I called it, bro, in the last pot. I was like, man, this is going to be way, way. I mean, I, I I think I even said take the money line in that game. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I I I feel like the um, Raiders were super slept on, and it was a tough position for them. Didn't they play the Monday night game? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, so they were on a, a short week, and they had to travel all the way across country for this game. That's not easy. Yeah. And I think one thing about uh, John Gruden's offense that's really uh, notable is how old school he is, right? Because you're so used to uh, defenses coming out in the nickel package, and when and a lot of reasons, a lot of the reasons why defenses come out in the nickel package is because it is a passing league. You know, you usually have your your uh, your two out, outside receivers plus your slot. Most of the times, most NFL offenses do. Um, but John Gruden, I mean, he he's the type to have everybody line up in in a in a um, in a jumbo formation and and fucking just run the ball and and throws the defense completely off. And um, yeah, he's it's very old school, but it, it mixes in new new school plays too. And I really fuck with uh, what John Gruden's done with uh, with this offense. How about this, bro? Derek Carr's on a sick run um, going back to last season. Yeah, he has three hundred. And fifty plus passing yards and two plus passing touchdowns in three straight games. Yeah, um, dating back to his last game last year. Um, but we can keep it pushing. Did I say the Raiders are also two and zero? Okay, so Raiders are also two and zero. How about that pass to Henry Ruggs too? Mm. That's kind of the talent that he has. He can really go over the top and. My finger slipped up pushing both it, No worries. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I've been slipping with the board lately, bro. No worries, man. It was that 61-yard touchdown that he had, and that pretty much sealed the deal for, for uh, the Steelers. Um, then we had the Bengals and the Bears. Bears won that 20-17. to 17. Justin Fields came out there. Yeah. That's and he's going to be starting probably next week from what I've been reading. So let's see how he, how he does. There's um, a lot of hype behind him. 
And Joe Burrow, I, I felt, was like a little underwhelming that game. Um, Andy Dalton, though, was 9 for 11, 56 yards and a touchdown while he was in. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. If I'm not going to say if. When Andy Dalton gets better, he's going to be the starting quarterback. I think they're going to keep going. I yeah. Don't, I, I don't... I don't think it matters how good Justin Fields does. Um, they have a better chance with winning of winning with Andy Dalton, from what I saw. Um, the Texans and the Browns. Browns won that 31-21. Nothing really to talk about there. Um, the Panthers, however, 26-7 to beat the Saints. The Saints look like a completely different team this week. Yeah. Um, pushing the Panthers to uh, 2-0 as well. Now, uh, keep in mind, the uh, the Saints have been missing a couple of their starters on defense. Um, and then also they had a bunch of their uh, coaches. Bro, Sam uh, Darnold went to work, bro. Yeah, yeah. 26 for 38, 305 yards, two touchdowns, and he did throw a pick. Yeah, but but um, the Panthers, you know, one thing that they've done really well is their defense has really stepped up. Also, um, uh, Christian McCaffrey, um, 20 or more fantasy points in nine straight games. Yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, like guys like Morgan Fox, Brian Burns, um, uh, Hassan Reddick, they've really been making a huge difference in, in this team. And of course, Shaq Thompson had a big, uh, big, uh, game, three tackles, two defensive stops in the run game. And he didn't allow, uh, any catches. He had two targets in his coverage and he didn't allow one catch. Um, so he, he's been really, really great, uh, for the Panthers. Their defense is really stepping up, man. This is a new era in the pa- for the Panthers, bro. I'm going to hit up Marvin and see what he thinks about him. <laughs> the Panthers aficionado. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals and the Vikings. Cardinals took that to move uh, to, as well to 2-0, 34-33, another one-point game. Um, anything you want to talk about? Bro, that was the funnest game to watch. That was, yeah, that I was, was kind of burnt out when I was watching it because the Colts just lost, and I usually get burnt out after the – one o'clock games. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. No, nah, I I I do after the four o'clocks. Oh, okay, I get burnt out after Murray, the one o'clock. Holy shit! Yeah, this bro. You know what the Cardinals remind me of? It's like if you took all the best people, like like when you go outside and you took like all the best players in your neighborhood, and you guys were all on one team. Yeah, and you went over and you went against whoever it was, and you were like, we got the best players in the neighborhood, and they don't even know it. Like some kids from the other neighborhood, they don't even know who y'all are. Y'all don't even look like ballers. Yeah, <laughs> yo, and but you know what's crazy? I, I wanted to ask you this question because you so, know I don't like to throw this word around before we get into the uh, details of the the game. Okay, is Kyler Murray elite? Um, I mean the Cardinals are still really rough around the edges, but but I'm saying him as a quarterback is he an elite talent quarterback or is he a product of the system I'll s- or a gimmick or you know what I'm saying? Like you can kind of put people in a lot of different. Um, rankings or like little different, you know what I'm saying? Like categories. I wouldn't. But I would, the top is elite. I wouldn't say elite. I would say he's a playmaker, though. He's a playmaker. And, and play playmakers do do change the game for you. You know what I'm saying? A lot of like the Colts need playmakers. We don't have a lot of playmakers. Kyler Murray is a playmaker because if the like we saw with the DeAndre Hopkins touchdown, when the play completely breaks down, Kyler Murray can kind of scramble out to the left. And DeAndre Hopkins breaks out from his route and, you know, they just do an impromptu th- thing and it turns into a touchdown, you know. Mm. So that's a very, very, um, damn, I got to stop using the word very all the time. But that's a that's a that's a special skill to have because most NFL teams don't have that 
Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson ability where you can extend the play. If it all breaks down, then you kind of run around and your receiver tries to break open. And, bro, that deflates the fuck out of a defense. He's he's a very high-powered, dynamic player. Yeah. I enjoy watching that kid ball, bro. Yeah. Like you said, it's a fun – it's always a fun game to watch. Yeah. Um, Like you said, this was a fun game to watch. Even even, – Whenever he plays, it's fun. A Rondell Moore – I mean, he was fucking, bro, he was speeding through every, I mean, it was nuts, bro. Like, he uh, he had 93 yards after the catch. He would catch that ball, and he was zooming, bro. That was crazy. Like, his speed was nuts, bro. And then you had DeAndre Hopkins. Of course, they got Christian Kirk, A.J. Green. They have a really good um, offense, but their offensive line is not really that solid. Um, the, uh, Kyler Murray was under pressure throughout the most of the game they actually allowed 23 total pressures uh 12 quarterback hurries and three sacks um so i think if arizona can kind of clean up that offensive line maybe it's not this season maybe after a a good offseason i think this is going to be a very solid team for the next five ten years with the weapons that they have with the quarterback that they have um the sky's the limit when you kind of have those things in place so um, we'll keep it pushing. Uh, Falcons and the Bucks. Buccaneers put a put a whooping on the Falcons, bro. Matt Ryan gets his ass whooped, bro. The the Falcons <laughs> get their ass Brady. whooped. Yeah, the Falcons yeah, get their ass whooped. They have their defense is so trash, bro. This this team has not been the same. Twenty five after they've that, lost the Super that Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, I swear to God, it's bro. like they've gone they've gotten worse. And remember last season. Uh, where they kept blowing like games that they had in the bag, they just blew game after game that they had in the bag, That's and it was just like they just—it's a sad situation over there. Yeah, and it's like, it's like okay, all right, you have Calvin Ridley, he's a good receiver, you know. Uh, he actually uh, had seven catches, sixty-three yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Kyle Pitts actually finally showed up, had seventy-three yards. Um, I say finally, like this was in his second game ever in the NFL. <laughs> um, but their offensive line is horrible, bro. Uh, it, it, it's just they the Bucks had their way with them, and I think that was ultimately the biggest difference. Bro, we had some good games this week. We did. It's been a very solid two weeks in the NFL. Uh, but the the defensive front for Atlanta is pretty embarrassing. Even uh. Even uh, Grady Jarrett, he wasn't even able to get any pass rush against against Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, but overall, this this team is just horrible. Uh, from the secondary to the linebackers to the offensive line, they're just they're just not a good team. All right, so we also had another great game: um, the Titans and the Seahawks. Titans took that thirty three to thirty. Man, what a fucking comeback! Yo, I gotta give Derek the Titans Henry, their bro. respect. Yeah, bro. What Come a on, bro. comeback! And what's up? What's up with their um, their quarterback? He was he Ryan Tannehill was slept on for so long, bro. Yeah. And then when he came to Tennessee, it was just a whole different person. Yeah, I think I think uh, this game, I think Seattle has come out the first two weeks with a really good uh, uh, defensive game plan. They've done a really good job at uh, covering the middle of the field, and typically, you know. That's where quarterbacks like to go. Um, they've done a really good job of keeping things in front of them and having all 11 get to the ball. Um, so I got to give the Seahawks their credit for their defense. But at one point in the game, you you saw it like the Titans were like, you know what, we're just going to run it with Derrick Henry. 
and you pretty much have to figure out how to stop this shit. And, um, you know, that's, that's ultimately what happened. They also got him involved in the passing game with that one screen that they had. Um, and Derrick Henry broke off, had a huge gain. I think, uh, uh, that was, a that was one of those, ga- uh, plays that kind of shifted the mo- momentum for them. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it was crazy. He had a hell of a day, man. Julio Jones, 102 receiving yards in the first half. That's sick. Um, Cowboys and the Chargers. Cowboys didn't look bad, bro. You think Zeke's got his feet under him now? Uh, Bouncing back from that injury last year? I think um, I think he's not the best running back on the roster anymore. I think really? I think I think Tony Pollard. I think he's probably the best running back on. I mean, 109 yards on 13 attempts is is fucking nuts, bro. So who would you start in fantasy? God, no man. <laughs> if you had to, if That's you had to a, start one quarterback, I mean one running back in fantasy, would you start Zeke or Tony Pollard? You start Zeke. Uh, I w- I might look into Tony to be honest. With I, you. I think the only reason he was looking as good as he was, bro, he was getting those touches because Zeke's still bouncing back. I think week three you're gonna see probably maybe maybe ten touches for Tony Pollard, bro. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day. He does more when the ball is in his hands, and and it's on far lesser carries. And the Chargers too. did not look good, bro. The Chargers, I mean, yeah, the Chargers. Uh, here's the thing: Justin Herbert is still a baller, bro. He is a baller, he's, but they did his, not look good, bro. His his he uh, threw two interceptions. Yeah, I started that bitch ass. Uh, <laughs> I cut myself off. I started uh, him, bro. And you know what? Um, I should have started Jalen Hurts, bro. Jalen Hurts. Oh yeah, yeah. I scooped him up, and I've been letting him ride the bench. But here's the thing, um, Rashawn Slater, who looked really good against Washington, looked pretty bad um, against the Cowboys. Um, then, of course, uh, uh, Asante Samuel Jr. actually looked pretty good with the pick that he had and the pass breakup in the end zone. Um, and then he also had that pass breakup on fourth down. So he, he had a lot of crucial plays that kind of kept the Chargers in it. Um, but I think ultimately what was the difference maker, um, was, um, uh, Michael Parsons or I'm sorry, Mika Parsons. Um, he was just constantly giving pressure. Um, the right tackle storm Norton really didn't really know how to respond to him. Uh, he actually ended up with seven pressures on the day, one sack, and then also one quarterback hit. Uh, but he, he was getting home every single time. And I think that he really affected the game and made the, uh, made the plays on the defensive end to really seal the deal for the Cowboys. One thing I do like about the Cowboys is, um, they're really good at, uh, changing their offense and, and, um, adapting from what I've seen these past two weeks, they look like a very solid offensive team. So I'm very bullish on, on the offense for the Cowboys. And then the Sunday night game. Shout out to Greg the Leg, by the way. The Chiefs versus the Ravens. The Ravens took that thirty-six to thirty-five in an incredible game, bro. Yeah, I mean, what a fucking Sunday night game! Talk about a fun game to watch. That was a great game to watch. I mean, definitely, you know, Lamar Jackson was the difference maker for sure. Of course, um, but also give the the Ravens the, their offense this this uh this running scheme that they have with the inverted veers. Uh, the downhill power runs, um, the counters, like it, they do such a good dr- job at tricking the uh, when whenever they have 
a two two high safety look or they have a one high safety look they do such a good job at whether like you know if we're going to do a read option we're going to run it through the middle because we know that it's a two high safety look the middle is going to be more open or if it's and they be run the option plays really well, bro. Yeah, they're very well. Co- and you see the Chiefs get lost. You know, there's multiple times where they ran the option play. They there's thought the a ball- lot of deception. I mean, there's deception in just where the quarterback is looking. Everything. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a tough play. But I I just feel like by now you'd think that defensive coordinators could catch on. But it, the thing is, it's very difficult. It's so hard because nobody knows where it's going. I mean, it's even the players involved half the time don't know where the fuck it's going. Yeah, but it's like even like your second level defenders, they're all they might all crash to one side the whole time the ball is on the all, on the other side, little, yeah. you know. So that's but, how they end up with these huge gains. But listen to these stats: Patrick Mahomes, man, twenty four for thirty one, three hundred and forty three yards, yeah. three touchdowns, one pick. But the Ravens still win with Lamar, eighteen for twenty six passing, two hundred thirty nine yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. But then. Goals for 16 carries, another 107 yards, and two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. He, let's let's be honest, right? Let's be honest, guys. If if the person that lost them that game was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Let's be oh, honest. The, the let's, fumble. Yeah, let's be honest. It got okay. punched out of his hands. Yeah, if, if, that, was, that was a tough break. If, if all the plays were passing plays from there on out, I'm pretty sure the result is going to be different. We would talk about the Chiefs winning, but... The Ravens really needed this. I don't think they could have really afforded to go 0-2 in that division. Well, actually, with Baker being injured, they probably could have. But in hindsight, if Baker never got injured, I don't think they could have gone 0-2. But, um, yeah, man, shout-out to Lamar Jackson on, on that that uh, read option play. Uh, like you said, man, like they just they defenses are fooled, and he had that wide-open lane to get that touchdown. Yeah, that was crazy. And then what about that flip? That flip kind of scared me. That flip in the yeah, end zone. Like, he was wilding, bro. You he was wilding for that shit, man. You know, if I was the coach, I would have been like, my G, nope, we're not doing that no more. Um, and then, of course, the Monday night game, the Lions and the Packers. The Packers put a whipping on the on the Detroit Lions. It was close, though. It was close. It for, looked, looked kind of close. In the first half. Yeah, um, 35-17. to 17. Um, The Lions are 0-2 now. Bro, you know what's so crazy? Mm-hmm. So in my uh, fantasy matchup, it was me versus Sadaf, right? Yeah. So Sadaf had the she had like a nine point lead on me. Yeah. And uh, I think it was a nine point or like a seven point, some shit like that. I, I can't remember. Yeah. But what ends up happening, bro? We're neck and neck, bro. Hawkinson is my tight end, and um, Robert Tanyan is hers. And that's all we got. Tight end. It's a tight end battle Monday night. That's like it's crazy. Fantasy situation. Yeah. Final score, 123.52 Sadaf, 122.32 me. I lost by 1.2 points. Yeah. If they didn't fuck it up in the end, Detroit, we ju- I just needed one completion. And Hawkinson was catching everything, bro, up until like the fourth quarter. Then it just... Excuse me. Then it he went was balling out, though. They, doubled, they just doubled him the rest of the game. Yeah. He had like three back to back, boom, boom, boom. So South Africa won that. So South Africa won that by yeah, one point two points. Shout out to her. Fuck out of here. Um, what did you see in that game? Man, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers came back and uh, followed up with four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Mister Perfect. Yeah, fuck all of y'all. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, that's why. That's why you need to. That's why you need to be there. Um, preseason, bro. 
but to be honest, man, they the Packers. I still don't think, even though they won convince, convincingly, I still don't think this team is a Super Bowl team because I think they're still going to struggle without Zadarius Smith there as their pass rusher. Well, I, I mean, think, I think the Lions are a, a are in a great way to kind of gauge that. Like they're a very mediocre team. Yeah, but I think. Ultimately, like, man, like, you got to add more weapons. Like, you can't expect the second-best weapon for Andrew uh, Aaron Rodgers to be uh, Tunye. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's not going to yield good results at the end of the day. Like, like you need to surround him with more, more playmakers. Um, and I, I just feel like the Packers, if they really wanted a deep play, and I think this is one of the reasons why we had that whole drama with Aaron Rodgers, is the fact that he really don't got uh that much help, really. I mean, he only it's a two man show with Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, but last season Aaron Jones took one hit and he was out for the game against the Buccaneers in the playoffs. So is it's like this team needs to get more weapons for him. But I don't know I, if they could do it in a trade. And you can see why he's so upset. Yeah. Um, so we're going to quickly go over, I guess, next week's games. I'll just quickly shout out the lines. Tell me if you like anything or if you disagree with anything, all right? All right. Um, so we got the Panthers and the Texans. The te- uh, the Panthers are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite there. That's crazy. That's um, the Thursday night game, 820 on NFL Network, I believe. Mm. Um, and then Sunday, we got... The Cardinals and the Jaguars. The Cardinals are a seven and a half point favorite. We have the Colts and the Titans. The Titans are a five and a half point favorite. Do you guys know what's up with Carson Wentz? Is he coming back? Do we know yet? He's probably not. He injured both ankles, not one. If um if that's the case, then the Titans should be closer to like a ten point favorite. I don't understand this five and a half business. Um we have the Ravens and the Lions. Ravens are a seven and a half point favorite. Washington football team versus Buffalo. Buffalo is the eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Saints and the Patriots. The Patriots are a three-point favorite. The Chargers and the Chiefs. That's um, Chiefs are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. That's mm. going to be a blowout. Um, we Wait, which, which game is going to be a blowout? The Chargers and the Chiefs. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, bro. I'm just... I'm, I don't know. That's... I, I can't you still really got Justin that. Herbert on the, on the other end, man. Yeah, I don't see that going any other way. Justin Herbert's been having a rough couple of games now, unless he could bounce back against the Chiefs. What are you talking about? He's been balling out. He's been the biggest bright spot for this whole entire organization, man. Yeah, bro, but he's, he's been, been th- throwing perfect pass after perfect pass. I think One he's already got he four picks in two games. Four pick. I mean, most most of the time, like he can't Let really c- check that. most most the uh, one pick that he had against. Uh, was it against Washington or was it in week two? It was. It was. It wasn't really his fault. It was just. It was like right through his receiver's hands. I'm sorry, three so far. Oh, that's yeah, not. Yeah, he, that's not. That's not as bad as I thought. Then he's a I baller, he had four bro. picks. Um, he's letting me down on fantasy, so I'm. I'm not feeling him right now. Yeah, but fantasy ain't real life, bro. Nah, it's it's as real life as it gets to me. But that's why I watch football. <laughs> um, so we got the Browns and the Bears, seven uh, and a half point favorite for the Browns. The Bengals and the Steelers. The Steelers are a three and a half point favorite. Um, Against the Bengals? Yeah. Okay. Well, you think they should be a higher favorite, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. They're at least a seven Their point Their defense favorite. is really good this season, bro. 
They're going to fucking rock uh, the Bengals' offensive line. That front seven is going to rock their shit, man. But what do you think of – my bad, real quick, going back to the Chargers and the Chiefs, what do you think about the um, Chargers' defense? Uh, I just kind of went over it. I think uh, Asante Samuel Jr., I can't even believe his son is in the NFL. He's a really good bright spot. You, of course, have Joey Bosa, but I think the loss of Melvin Ingram really hurts them. Um, And I don't really think they have the coverage linebackers or the pass rushers to really make up for that loss. Uh, So you do make up for it with, with Asante Samuel Jr., the rookie. He's a great defensive back, like I said, had a lot of crucial plays against the Cowboys. But at the same time, uh, their front seven has has gotten significantly weaker. So, um, my bad. We, I don't know why I jumped back to that. Oh, yeah, I was, I was looking at some about setting up a parlay. Um, and I was thinking about maybe adding Kansas City to that. But you know what? I'm just going to move on. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my, what I had at the end. Yeah. Um, so we have the Falcons and the Giants. The Giants are a three-point favorite against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Giants are going to come out and unleash their wrath here, bro. This is going to be that. This is going to be the game that I feel like um, because the Falcons' defense is so trash, it's going to be a good way for the Giants to kind of get their feet under them and kind of get get the ball rolling. Um, we have the Raiders and the Dolphins. Raiders are a three and a half point favorite against the Dolphins. The Jets and the Broncos. The Broncos are a ten and a half point favorite. I guess the is, Jets. Yeah, that shit is crazy. Um, I mean, I don't think it's going to be that big of a bloodbath. I don't think so either. We have um, the Bucks and the Rams. The Bucks are only a one and a half point favorite. That's crazy. Um, they really like the Rams. That Cooper Cup connection with um. Matthew Stafford, people are, are eating that up. Yeah, but I think I think the 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 Buccaneers offensive line has enough talent to not be bothered by uh the Rams cuz I mean outside of Aaron Donald, if you can find a way to really like Gronk's also been lighting it up in fantasy, which is unlike Gronk this early. Yeah, but he's probably going to let you down next week or the next couple of weeks for sure. I agree cuz I was saying in the last pot he typically peaks towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um there's too many mouths to feed on that in that offense. You feel me? Yeah, it's kind of like Kansas City in that in that sense. Because like week fa- one, fantasy. Mike Mike Evans didn't really do really really good, but you saw in week two, this was him coming out and just balling out. You know, um, we got the Seahawks and the Vikings. The Seahawks are a one and a half point favorite. I feel like they should be a bigger favorite than that, bro. Yeah, I think the Vikings defense is pretty Swiss uh, Swiss cheese, especially uh, against a playmaker like Russell Wilson. And then especially with him and Tyler Lockett and the connection that they've they've been having the past two weeks, I don't know. I think they, they can easily take the top off that defense and really abuse that uh, that combo right there. And then we have the Packers and the 49ers. The 49ers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I believe it. That's crazy. Because the Packers' run defense is non-existent. It's th- for, it's been like 10 years they haven't had any run defense. And then um, the Monday night game is an NFC matchup, NFC East matchup. It's the Eagles at the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are a three-and-a-half-point favorite there. That's going to be good. Surprisingly, you know, um, the Eagles' offense is still a question mark because uh, everybody on their offensive staff has never actually uh, called plays before for an NFL team. Like, And by called plays, I mean, like, uh, by their own, like Nick Sirianni is like the first time as a first time head coach, 
Um, and then, of course, their front seven has been better than ex- than than they were expected to be this season. So I think it's going to be a real that's going to be a really good matchup between the two. So um, what I worked up because you know I've been trying to put like a best bet out every week. Yeah. But this week I was a little conflicted, so I was like, all right, what am I gonna what am I gonna put? What am I gonna put? And I was like, yeah. you know what? Fuck it. We're gonna let it ride on a four leg parlay, bro. Damn. Yeah. God so this, damn. This is a, this is gonna be a Jeez. risky one. Someone this, watch on Cut Gems. This is <laughs> this is gonna be a risky one, guys. But I'm telling you right now, this may be worth it. Something to think about. I know everybody's been seeing if you if you um follow the betting pages, especially um or any of the sports pages. But I know you guys been seeing that crazy like sixteen leg parlay that almost hit. My man almost turned twenty five dollars into like a hundred thousand or some crazy shit like that. Yeah. Um, or like two hundred thousand. So this is not going to be anything crazy like that. It's a four-leg parlay. We got the Steelers minus three and a half against the Bengals. Right? You you said it as well. You said that you think that the Steelers should be a bigger favorite than that. Yeah. I think they're going to cover that three and a half. We got the Giants against the Falcons. Giants at home, I believe, on this one. Um, take the minus three. There's some value there. You're gonna We're going to mix that up with the Raiders. Right, so um, the Dolphins are coming uh, at the Raiders as well. Raiders are playing at home, three and a half point favorite. I think they're going to poo-poo the Dolphins, especially with their quarterback situation right now. And then we have Seattle on the road against the Vikings. They're a one and a half point favorite. You mix all that up, you get plus eleven hundred seventy-nine. A ten-dollar bet wins you one hundred and seventeen dollars. I think I'm gonna um throw a smooth little twenty piece on that. Mm. I'm gonna let you know how that turns out. As a matter of fact, I just placed it right now. <laughs> God damn, bro! <laughs> I just placed it right now. I'm gonna That's let you hilarious. guys know how that turns out. Um, but yeah, is anything else you want to cover for the NFL? Is there any news that we had for the NFL at all? Um, um, I don't think we had any really big news, did we? We haven't. Oh, really- what did you think about the um the coverage, by the way? Um, the Monday night coverage. Did you watch the Manning brothers? Oh, I loved it, man. That was that great. was my first Yo, time th- watching. I guess they did it for week one. I missed it when they did it for it was, week one. It was a little rougher on the edges, like the interviews, the lag and shit like that. Yeah. But man, you get some great insight there. A lot of people have been talking about that. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I, I low key am excited for next week just for that. Like that's going to make Monday night that much better. Hey man, I miss Peyton being out on the field. I'm not going to lie to you. If he it never it got shows that neck- you how great that man really was and still is as a football mind. That's why if I were to start a football team and I could pick any quarterback, it would be Peyton Manning because his, like in brain, his prime type shit. Yeah, because even even when he was on the Broncos, because that was his second prime. You know what I'm saying? Like he just his. I feel brain, like their defense helped a lot as well. Yeah, but only for the last season when he was really dealing with that injury. But um, but for the most part, I mean, you gotta think about it, bro. He came out and he threw, you know, he threw for 55 touchdowns in a Bron- for the Broncos. You know what I'm saying? Like, and nobody thought he would do that off a surgically repaired neck. Um, but I think his offensive mind, like the way he's able to read stuff and see see it, like he, the way he processes the game is so quick. It's like, it's like that one movie, uh, A Beautiful Mind or whatever. Yeah. Like the way he just sees shit, that's that's Peyton Manning right there. Um, real quick, I also wanted to mention about my, my uh, parlay. Um, Mike Tomlin did mention that uh, Big Ben may have a pec injury. Um, so Uh-oh. make sure you, you wait for that news. Don't be like me and just jump the gun all excited and shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Nice. Uh, do we have any NBA news? Do we want to get any NBA news or are we going to just... Uh, 
Or do you have anything for the cards or anything about um I was going to what do we got? I was going to mention a couple of cards. I just got to I bring it up right here real quick for no me. No problem. Do, are, are we good in terms of NFL? Let me just quickly shout yeah. out some of the um the different uh injuries. Um Browns placed their uh wide receiver Jarvis Landry on injured reserve. Uh he has a knee injury. Um I just mentioned Big Ben. Tyrod Taylor placed on IR. Um, I think those are the biggest ones. Of course, we already went over Tua, Carson Wentz. I think that's it. We still haven't seen Cam find a home. Do you think we're going to... I think I said I said it to like week seven. Unless the team is like really desperate and they need a quarterback, you know, but... What do you think about Washington and Taylor Heineke? Did you, uh, wa- did you watch that game against the Giants? Yeah, I did. Uh, well, I I rewatched the highlights and stuff. I would say, um, you know, with rookie with rookie quarterbacks, you kind of have to like. He's not a rookie though. Well, I mean, with new quarterbacks, you kind of have to because he's only played what three games so far, right? Three, three. I one. think two. Um, or did he play two fill-in like- spots? And then he started two games, one in the playoffs last year, and this was his first start this year. So I gotta see. I gotta see how. How he adapts when teams have seen more tape on him. But they what do you pro- think about him so far? Like, what's your initial like, um, like your what do you call it? Your initial impression? He's about very the uh, ballsy. The kid's got moxie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The kid's he's very, got he's some very, fucking moxie. He's very ballsy, man. Especially yeah. that uh, touchdown that he had in the back of the end zone against the Bucks. No, 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 no. It was uh, it was against the Giants. Oh, okay, okay. He threw it in the back corner of the end oh, zone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. just he was under pressure. He's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna throw. It's a one on one matchup. Kids Whoever got comes hard, down, yeah. I can, I so, kind of like watching him. It was play. a pretty good. It was an amazing throw, actually. You know what's crazy? That. He's one of the reasons why I said that the Washington football team may take the NFC East this year. Mm. Because I figured that Fitz was going to go down. He, you know, he's an older guy. Yeah, it's natural. But Heineke would be would make a great backup for him, and we can see that he is. Make you know, he's a great backup. Um, is he going to be more than that? We're going to have to find out. Yeah, he's going to have to step up and prove it now. Um, but the defense looked really weak on Washington. I, we didn't go over the the um the game against Washington and uh, the Giants yet. Yeah, um, I think I think we just went their over pass that rush has been kind of ball. underwhelming, to be honest with you. Um, I thought they would be they would be able to get home more often. What do you think about Chase Young? Uh, I haven't really been like honing in to really analyze how he's like, been playing. I feel like he's very um he's been playing he's very underwhelming these first. Two games mm. I haven't really um, What do you think About the Giants Actually as a matter of fact What do you think About the NFC East That's, the what, NFC that's East, what the fuck I want to know the, the, It's such a wild card You know what I'm saying Because um, last year Was really bad Yeah Last year the NFC East Was terrible I, I don't th- think it's that bad But I don't think It's that much better I don't know I think it could be better um, But not not by a long shot Because like, like, the There's a Eagles? dramatic difference there was a dramatic difference in last year's NFC East and the year before. They got dramatically worse. Yeah. Like, it was really bad. But it's just like another year with Mike McCarthy for the Cowboys, I think, is actually really helping them. Dak is looking really good Yeah, under center with them. Uh, I know that their right tackle got suspended or whatever. Or he was injured, and they have a backup right tackle, and he's been doing really well. Their offensive line has been holding up. CeeDee Lamb is really stepping in as being the number one wide receiver for that I team. I like that. 
Mika Par- I'm on, fi- on fantasy. Mika Parsons is is coming in and and be uh, wrecking havoc. Now I know Demarcus Lawrence got injured. No, was it Demarcus Lawrence? Whoever uh the one of the defensive ends got injured for the Cowboys. Pretty sure I'm fucking up by saying Demarcus Lawrence. That's not who got injured. Um, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, one of the defensive ends got injured. Um, oh, it was Demarcus. Yeah, Lawrence. it was. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he missed six in- to eight weeks with a broken foot. Damn, man, it's rough. NFL's rough, but yeah, I feel like um him being injured doesn't really help them a lot. But I feel like with Mika Parsons, he's he's that much of a difference maker when he has a chance to be out there on the field. Um, the Cowboys look good, and then I'm not gonna lie to you, man. A team that I thought was gonna be really, really bad, the Eagles. The Eagles they're looking decent. They're looking pretty. That front seven looking solid. Nick Sirianni, fucking former Colts offensive coordinator, coordinator, now an Eagles head coach. I don't know. Jalen Hurts, you know, is getting a little spicy in the NFC East. All right. Well, we gonna have to see what happens. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and, and I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna give us time on the NFL. Um, or I'm gonna call time on the NFL. We're gonna keep it moving to the NBA real quick. Something I wanted to touch on. Okay. Um. So for the NBA, we don't have much, but I did want to know what is your opinion on the Ben Simmons situation. So, um, I guess I could read, I could read an article about. It. I mean, ultimately, if you if you have uh, your finger on the pulse of the NBA whatsoever, you'll know you would have noticed <laughs> that there's been some friction between Ben Simmons and the 76ers organization. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, I believe Ben Simmons said he won't, he won't report to any practices or play any games um, going farther with the 76ers. Mm. So he's not reporting to training camp. Um, I believe he's completely estranged himself from the entire team. No, he's not talking to nobody. I mean... We all saw what Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid said. I told you, bro. Po- that was the brutal, game. bro. That was brutal. I would. Would you? So, what, what would you do in his situation? I mean, I can't really blame the guy for feeling I, that type of way. I can't either, bro. But at the same time, it's like you are very, you are one of the most physically gifted athletes in the NBA, in terms of uh, your height, in terms of like your speed, all the intangibles. I mean, you really have the abilities to kind of like be kind of like the next LeBron. That's really what the comparison was. Um, but the thing is... But his shooting just is not sh- up there. His shooting is, is horrific, you know. Um, offseason, what he's doing in the offseason is very questionable. Um, you know, it seems like he's more into the whole Instagram life, you know. And, I mean, it is what it is. If that's what you're into, that's cool. But that's kind of like... It's kind of like the whole Carmelo Anthony thing where, like, they just care about, like, fucking around and being a part of, like, that whole celebrity culture shit rather than, you know, going out there and winning championships. I still think he's a very talented player, and I think whoever they end up uh, trading him for, I don't think they're going to get enough value back that's going to replace his his, uh, uh, contribution to the team. Mm. But... I mean, at the end of the day, if he wants out, he wants out. There's so nothing much you could do about it. What do you think it. would be, just off the top of your head, a good landing spot for him? Timberwolves. Mm. You got Carl Anthony Towns, uh, you, he, who can space the floor as a big man. Another underperformer. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you got Anthony Edwards, solid young piece. 
I'm assuming D'Angelo Russell is going to be gone, which is not bad. D'Angelo Russell on the 76ers is probably, I mean, of course. It's a better situation for It's him. a better situation for I would him. like to see that. And it is probably the best value that the 76ers are probably going to get. Um, Something else that I did want to quickly touch on. So the NBA um has their own rules in terms of vaccinations and stuff like that. Yeah. But different local governments have different rules as well, right? Mm-hmm. So I believe in San Francisco um, and New York, right? So we have the Knicks, the Warriors, and the Nets. The players would need to be vaccinated without ex- um, exemptions for medical or religious reasons. So you have to be vaccinated. And mm-hmm. we already know there's some players on the Nets. We're not going to say who. Maybe there's a specific one. But, you know, they might be believing in flat earth, so you never know what they think about the goddamn vaccine. No, he's vaccinated. I'm just saying there's other players. No, he's vaccinated, right? <laughs> no, nah, but I'm just saying there's all types of kooky personalities. That's that's my point. Um, but there there are I love reports. you, Kyrie. There are um, reports right now. Now, I sound like a Kyrie hater, but I'm just pointing out that, you know, he's got a very... Um, Hey, he one Unique of us, personality. man. He nah, one of he, us, man. He ain't one of me, bro. I don't hey, know what you're talking about. He be um, he be praying five times a day now. Hey, that's good for him, bro. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that, bro. Um, but I like to pick on Kyrie. He's a baller. I, he's one of my favorite players in terms of just basketball to watch. Yeah, I love Kyrie. Yeah. Um, I just like to pick on him a lot. Uh, the Nets, however, have said that they don't expect issues because um, obviously the They'll open training camp, um, and I think their home opener is October 8th. So, uh, ultimately, they're saying that they're not expecting issues, but 100% of the players are not vaccinated. Mm. So, that's just another thing I wanted to point out, is that if players do take a stance in on those three teams specifically, they uh, will not be eligible to play, according to the article that I read. Um, we're going to have to wait and see what happens there, but that's just something else I wanted to point out. Yeah. Any NBA news you have, or should we go to the sports cards? Or you want me to just jump into the outro? How do we want to play this thing? Uh, I got one sports card that uh, I'll mention here. Uh, you want to just shout it out? Um, yeah, it's it's pretty much the... Um, the uh, I see a lot of value in the Kevin Durant 2007-2008 finest number 71 rookie card. Uh, it's a rookie refractor. Um, PSA 9. Um, if you can find this card for about uh, seven fifty to eight hundred dollars, I think there's a lot of good value on this on this card. Um, as as I don't think you know this, but uh, Kevin Durant's PSA ten tops Chrome card, his rookie card uh, last year, I believe was selling for eleven hundred to fifteen hundred. It ended up selling at ten thousand dollars at one point. Mm. So the um the ROI on Kevin Durant rookie cards was uh greater than any stock or or crypto at that time. And when was that, do you know? 2 years ago? No, that was last year. Last year. Before mm. he came back from the uh the injury. And I, I mean, honestly, and, and you heard you heard uh, me and Say talk about the the cards. Yeah, last I was going to I know I mentioned right? it to you when you uh, stopped by my place, but I, when you guys were going over the prices, one thing I did want to let all the listeners know is that the prices are down because this is like the time where you kind of buy the, the it's, it's the dips. You got to buy the dip, dips, yeah. sell the rips. And I, I yeah. mentioned that as well. Yeah. Every it's, market it's, has its ups and downs. Yeah. There's never so, a consistent. But just specifically up. the NBA right now as a whole is going to be down. Okay. So you're saying so, just the NBA market. What about baseball and NFL? 
Are Base- they down right now? Baseball is still going on, right? No, baseball is still... It's yeah, baseball is still going on. It's right going now. on. It's uh, not even in playoffs yet. NFL market is still solid right now. Uh, it's just that you know, out of sight, out of mind type situation. Got so. you. So we're not in the we're not in the NBA season. So it's on a dip. Yeah. I um, anything else you want to add for NBA or anything like that? Um, one last thing. Uh, one thing that I've learned uh doing the sports card thing is if you really want to see serious returns. You have to end up investing in cards that are going to be a thousand dollars or more. Um, that's when you're going to see significant returns. Because if I know I've mentioned cards before, um, and you do get like a hundred dollar, one hundred fifty dollar return, but like in the in like a two hundred, three hundred dollar card, but the, the where the money's at is on those cards that are a thousand dollars or more. Um, one card that I mentioned on here was the. Uh, the uh, Don Russ Optic Rated Rookie Patrick Mahomes Rookie Card. Uh, when I mentioned the card, I think it was selling for a thousand to eleven hundred. Right now, the 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 card is going for eighteen hundred to nineteen hundred. Um, I've seen some sales for two thousand. Um, so you're talking about over a hundred percent ROI uh, on that card. Um, and yeah, you just if you if you want to make money, it's one of those situations where you got to spend money. And if you ain't got the money, I would fucking get one of these credit cards out here and just invest it in in a, a solid sports card and a solid player like a like a Steph Curry, a James Harden, a Kevin Durant, someone you know who's gonna be on ESPN top ten every night and put up stats and will put up wins. Um, because there's only a few of those guys in the NBA and there's only a few of those guys in the NFL for quarterbacks. All right. The man has spoke. You already know. Yeah. Take notes. Um, but, yeah, I guess we can keep it pushing. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. It's it's good to have you back, bro. It's been a while Glad since be back, yeah, man. the dynamic duo been together. Been on the road a little bit, moving and grooving, shaking and baking. You already know. Yeah. But um, definitely good to do another pod with you, bro. Of course, if you're listening to this pod right now, go ahead and uh, take a screenshot. Share it on your social media. Rate and review wherever you're listening. Um, if you want to uh, contribute to the podcast, you can send us a voice memo, filmroomfiles at gmail.com. Again, that's filmroomfiles at gmail.com. Um, no dots, no underscores. You can also hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, at filmroomfiles. Again, no dots or underscores. Um, and yeah, we appreciate y'all tuning in. Y'all, been- y'all might even be a guest on the show. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Man. Uh, giving them hope. You're not hey going to be a we, guest. We, Y'all suck. No, <laughs> nah, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, we do have some cool guests lined up, so we're going to bring them in hopefully soon, especially towards basketball season. I got okay. a little something, something, something I'm working on as well. Bradley Beals? Nah, <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. I wish. I mean, you never know. Maybe one day. Yeah. Um, we all got to have goals. Shit. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's it. Is there anything you wanted to touch on? My bad. Did you see the Canelo Alvarez press conference? Oh, somebody got hit. Yeah, I saw that. I just saw that on my Twitter timeline yeah, before so I drove over here. Canelo's fight is in about a month and a half away. That's going to be exciting. Can't wait to watch that. Also, can't wait to watch um, uh, the Tyson Fury versus um, Wilder. Yeah, Wilder. the third one. Yeah, yeah, the trilogy. What would you do if uh, if uh, we we made like bread off this shit? Off like I mean, I mean, like six figures off of what? Off a of, off a of pot and just another, just throw it on the pot. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you gonna do, bro? Keep it up, bro. Shit. 
That's crazy. I'll be, I'll, I'll be happy, bro. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, bro. God willing, bro. You never know. We gonna keep it. We gonna keep rocking. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, yes, sir. And yeah, definitely tell everybody so we can get there. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let us know what you guys think about the pod, man. Um, and I guess that's it, man. Nothing else. Nah, man. All right, man. Uh, it's an- an- another fire ass podcast in the books, man. We love. Take y'all. care. Stay we blessed. Switching lives, nigga, I'm full Whole lot of games, all these hoes, I'm scored Pay attention to me, I'll show you how I do Took for a minute, but it's time to fuck around Sweatpants on, still rock the four pound Real street, nigga, get the bag, then I'm out Frisco, nigga, but got ties in the south Whole lot of motherfucking money in his zip Whole lot of motherfucking bottles in his vid She still never met another nigga like me Fresh ass nigga, and I keep it so peace